know, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we experience the Father heart of God. Today on Better Together, Stephanie E.K., Dr. Dee Dee Freeman, Robin Wilkerson, and Jeannie Muncy join us to talk about the greatest miracle of the Christmas season, opening our hearts to the unconditional love of our precious Savior. Come on, let's talk about it. You know, this week is really my favorite time of the year because <laughs> I really love Christmas. Yes, I really love, I love Christmas. You know, it's a, it's a celebration yeah. and it's so fun for me. I just, I love to party. <laughs> <laughs> she do. I do. I love I that. I come to your house. Yeah, oh, I, I, I love to party and uh, I, I love to enjoy my family. I, 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 any holidays like this, I just, I look forward to it. I treasure it. But you know, there's really uh, an important aspect, and that is that we stop and we really ponder and we um, internalize and we ask for, I'm going to use the word revelation, new ideas, new thinking, new ways that old ideas come together and comes out new. And that's really what Christmas is about. It's about new. It's about the story of Baby Jesus, who came to us in a manger. We know that nativity scene. We can see that. And he was God. And this week, we've been talking about Christmas story. But instead of focusing maybe on the aspect of the nativity as often we've done, this week has been really unique and special because we've been working out of this scripture in Isaiah. And the scripture in Isaiah, I just kind of want to read it just to give context yeah. again. And that is that for to us, a child is born. See, new. A son is given legacy. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's Isaiah 9, 6. And yeah. it is the forecast by this prophet in total chaos. Yeah. He's telling, if you read those chapters in the Old Testament, he's talking about a season where the people are in desperate situations. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's good that we kind of talk about context a little bit because, you know, after the pandemic and all that the world has been going through, lots of disruption, upheaval, sometimes we think, well, it's just us. We're the only ones. But no, yeah. Isaiah was talking in the context of his people, his community. They were desperate. Yeah. And they were decimated, right? Mm -hmm. And in this prophecy, this vision that he's really explaining, all of a sudden he digresses with this little window, this Bible verse, mm -hmm. where he is declaring that he sees in his spirit, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. that something new mm -hmm. is going to come. There's something to celebrate, and it is going to be a child who, by the way, doesn't come for several hundred years. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to talk about there, but he is foretelling, he is prophesying, he is declaring with his uh, whole being to the people that were so desperate that there's hope, there's new, mm -hmm. there's this baby, a son, and that it's going to be different. Now, when he prophesies, what's very interesting here is that he talks about the offices of God because mm -hmm. Jesus is God. Yes. 
And that's something that's hard for us sometimes to get our mind around is we kind of forget that piece. We kind of think of him in Nazareth. We see him with the children on his lap. We see him with the people, but we forget that he was from the beginning of time and that he was there in the beginning and he'll be in the future. God's greatest gift to us is his life. I couldn't make it one day without the life of Jesus inside of me. I don't know, I don't know how people live because when I'm having a tough time or I'm going through something, it's his life that breathes life into me. In fact, I get up some days when I, I feel like, oh, this is, I feel weighted down. Even when I get up and I get on my piano, I begin to sing, Holy Spirit, breathe on me life. The breath of God brings life into us when we feel dead, when we feel outcast. That's what he does for us. This one word that I'm sharing right now, thinking about, is this everlasting father. Mm -hmm. And man, I've been chewing on that and looking on that. And one of the ideas around that. He is wonderful counselor, he's the mighty God, but the scripture says he's the everlasting father. Now, if you t- look at a lot of theologians and scholars, they talk about the fact that he's the father everlasting, but he actually is the father of eternity mm-hmm. is a better way to yeah. describe <laughs> that. Yeah. In, the, in Revelation, it talks about he's the beginning, he's the end, the alpha and the omega. And so when we get our mind around this idea that he's the everlasting father, he's the father of all that's ever been. And yet, isn't it interesting that out of these offices that he is God, he depicts a father and a son and a baby. (laughs) And for me, I'm a mom, I'm a grandma. I think about the power and the purpose that I have in a, a, a baby, a son. And God comes to us in a way, he packages this story in a way that he's the father of eternity. He's got our eternal priceless souls all. He's with us in this journey. And then he comes in the flesh as this baby and son, baby, father. And, And I've been thinking about that. And I'll just be honest when we talk about father, I um, kind of hesitate because so many people, I got to get a tissue. <laughs> so many people, just let me get this out. I, I, I'm just like, I don't even want to talk about it because it's personal. You know, you don't want to talk about it. So many of us don't have the gift of having had an earthly great father, right? And I just, I, I, I don't know why I have to cry about it, but I was blessed. Yeah. With extravagant love. Yeah. I had a incredible earthly father. Mm-hmm. And I am so blessed. And I hesitated to ever talk about this much because one out of four children in the United States mm-hmm. today doesn't have a father. Mm-hmm. And yet it's such an urgent topic because yes. here in the prophecy of Isaiah, He could have said a lot of things about God, about Jesus, could have said, you know, uh, talk about miracles. 
That's not what's here. What's here is counselor, Jesus will be, mighty God, protector, but everlasting, the father of eternity, the father imagery is here for us as his children. There is nothing like a great, big, wonderful God who is our everlasting father that we can curl up in his lap and feel his embrace and tell him everything and him caring and him protecting and him that watchful eye over us and that love that's in that embrace. Um, That's what we get when we receive him as our Lord and Savior. I've been pondering about Christmas and why I love it and celebrations, <laughs> you know. And I, I'm thinking about the idea that many folks listening, even right now, it's so painful because they haven't had this yeah. image of God as Father, this eternal protector of his children. And why we have to talk about this is because even if we've gone forward with Christ, even if we've started anew and we've pressed on and we've left the past behind, there are these daddy issues, so to speak, (laughs) that are from the past that linger in our human experience. And unless we go back to the beginning in our own heart of memories and who we are today, we can be uh, limited in our understanding of who God is Mm -hmm. and what he wants from me and how I can be his daughter. And so as I've been just studying it and why we call him father is because he is our protector. He loves us. But when I think about my dad and what brings me tears is that he was the ever-present protector, mm-hmm. right? He was, he was the pastor. He was the person I could run to. He always loved me, always accepted me. And often I've had people say, you look just like your dad, you know? You look just like him. You're just like him. And that's been the compliment And I think for the point of this conversation, I think it's so important that we start to address the gaps in our life because we can have, even I had this perfect earthly father, but nobody's perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. And God puts this image here for us that we can embrace him in this way where we feel secure, we feel confident. And yet, even with a perfect father, earthly, we're going to have these daddy issues. And ladies, I got to tell you, there is pages and pages on how women especially, they've got a lot to talk about because the whole Christian Bible, our Christian word for God is Father. And when we use that language, especially at a holiday season, Christmas time, there's a whole lot of men and women who recoil and they say, well, you know, if that's who this Bible's all about, I I really don't want to talk about Father. 
we do have to go back to the original intent of what a father was supposed to exactly. do and be to us in the body. Our dad was supposed to be a representation of God the Father here in the earth. Like me, my dad was like the epitome of a good father to me. I mean, am I? Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but my dad is still here. My dad is 92, and I was... Well, I am. I'm baby girl. All my siblings are still alive. It's seven of us. And so I'm child number six. I have a brother younger than me. But my dad is like everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, but I didn't come up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the correlation of this being a representation mm -hmm. of who God happened mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I saw a lot of things that were not a representation of who God happened to be. Mm -hmm. But when I look back over my life, it's like my dad was, I know you say not perfect, but in my mind, mm -hmm. in my world, he was the perfect father. Mm -hmm. I mean, my dad was the one who uh, would take us shopping, take us mm -hmm. on trips. Mm -hmm. My mom would be at home and my dad would put all seven of us in a station wagon <laughs> and take us to a park or take us, you know, to get new shoes. But I remember one time, I mean, well, not, well, it was more than one time when we were little, my youngest brother and I, my dad would dress us up and drive us around on Sundays and just go spend time with his friends and like just showing us all. Like, these are my kids. And he was just so proud. And it it just makes me think about woo, yeah. how, uh, you know, we have this idea or we get this concept of how somebody was to us. And we think it's supposed to transcend over into other relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think about how good my dad was. And then when I got married, it was like, this isn't a picture of like my daddy. And thank yeah. God things change. I've been, you know, so I'm, I don't, I've been, don't worry. I've been married for 38 years now. I got better stories, I promise you. <laughs> but the first years was like, he wasn't a good picture for me. Yeah. But my dad could no longer fulfill the role that I needed yeah. after I said I do. Right. Yeah. So I thank God that I developed a relationship with the word. You understand? Mm -hmm, exactly. And I begin to see God the Father being who He was supposed to be in my life at that particular time. I had an awesome and amazing Father, but when I received Jesus Christ as Lord, it could not even be compared to the love that my natural father gave me. The Bible says that God, that our natural fathers being evil, knowing how to give good gifts, how much more will the heavenly father give unto us? So to be in a relationship with God, a God of love, a God that will be there, that he's will never leave you nor forsake you, that he's with you in your good times and your bad times, that you can take him home with you. You don't have to leave him when you go and be with a spouse or deal with your children. He will be right there. And so to be loved by a God like that is unmeasurable. I can't even explain it. I would like to even, you know, share with the people that are viewing because you're right, there are so many people who 
don't have good story, good father stories, that wasn't raised in a home with a dad. And so they don't have a picture or view of what a father should look like. It's like, okay, well, that's done away with. It's over. It's happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, let's move on and let's get a real picture from the word of who this loving father is supposed to be to us now, mm -hmm. you know? And so just to encourage them, it's like, it's okay. You might not have had that, mm -hmm. but you can have that now. Yeah. God is who he said he was. And he's not even like man that he should no. lie. <laughs> Neither the son of man that he has to repent, the scripture says. And if he said it, he's going to make it good. Hope and joy are all wrapped up in the biggest Christmas present of all time. And that was the birth of baby Jesus. God, the Alpha, the Omega, the Father of Eternity. He sent his son in a baby to do what? To grow up Emmanuel, God with us. Why? So he would understand, he would feel the feelings, he would know what we go through. And then he would give himself sacrificially that we could be grafted in, that we could be daughters and sons of God himself. Let's stay connected. Follow us on social media for exclusive Better Together content. Join the conversation and connect with women all over the world getting better together. That has been my testimony, right? Where not having a natural father, mm -hmm. but it opened me up to seeing God, like embracing mm -hmm. him as father and in, in, in so many ways, you know, I remember, and this is not supposed to be a crime. I know. Look, <laughs> a crime, crime fest. But this might, you know, I'm going to try not to cry, but this is the one thing that brings me to tears. And I remember when I started in ministry and it was something where I always wondered. I was like, man, it would be so cool, like, if my dad was alive mm -hmm. to see this moment yeah. happen. And I remember the Lord saying, I'll be there. And it's not that cool, Beautiful. like, you know, the uh -huh. Lord, I was like, you're everywhere, like, you'll be there. Yeah. And, you know, for like, for me, I think when I encountered God, I started seeing a lot. So if, even like spiritual gifting, so mine has to do with sight. So I see a lot of, you know, spiritual activities. And so this particular day, so um, we're at the church and I was about to minister. So where at that time there was like where like normally the pastors would sit and, you know, there are other like, you know, staff pastors around. So there's a sit next to me and it's open. But for some reason, no one no. is sitting there. Like people are walking and it's like, yeah. it, it was weird. And I'm like, it, there, there are people looking for seats. There are staff pastors that keep going to the back. And I was like, why isn't wow. anyone yeah. sitting there? But I just, I didn't, it yeah. was like a fleeting thought. I'm like, yeah. about, service is about to start. And so um, when the worship is going on and I'm about to like mount the altar and so I see this like just all these like angels mm. in the in the in the sanctuary and the way they were and I'm like okay I've seen angels before and but they looked like they were trying to usher someone in mm. so they came almost like like you're preparing the way type mm -hmm. of thing and I was like I've never seen that before mm -hmm. and 
I was on, like, I'm on the altar and then they're, they're giving me the microphone and I'm trying to understand. So I'm looking and I'm like, God, what is it that you want to do in the house? You know, why are all these angels walking like they're in a marching band, <laughs> you know? And then I see the Lord and I broke down. And, who mm. chap. <laughs> and people are like looking at me. They're like, what happened in a split second? And I see him. And he walks in and sits where nobody, like for some reason, and during the whole service, nobody sat there. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him, and he didn't communicate with words, it was like thought to thought. Mm -hmm. And it was that, I told you I'll be here. And he came in, sat down. At a moment, I didn't see him anymore. <laughs> And I was like, I broke down in tears. I couldn't get myself together for like a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you guys don't understand this moment, what it means to me. And later on, I realized, I said, that's what God does yes. for each and every one of us. The only difference I had in that moment is I saw it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's literally the love of God. Yeah. He shows up. He's always there. Mm -hmm. He's, so even when we say God with us, it's to know that He's always, always. with us. Yeah. He's always. always with us. You know, knowing that you're a father, is God. Your father is the king of kings. I don't know what else. Like, there is, I don't even know if we really unpack that in our daily lives. Because, for example, you know, we see it in culture and society that what a name, the weight of a name, right? If you go certain places and you are connected to the royal family, you, you don't even need an ID. <laughs> you just, you just, you, your name already opens doors, right? We, we see it every day, the weights of names, right? And so when you carry God, the name of God that you carry, you are, you are his child. Like it, it is so mind blowing. I think that in itself should give us everlasting peace, you know? And for me, whenever I struggle, whenever I start having like anxious thoughts or I'm battling with fear, it's a reminder you've, you've lost sight of your identity. Because when you come back to the, the recognition that who your father is, who my daddy is, this is not an issue. I, I could relax. And so I, I just, I don't, it's, I don't know how to even put it in words. What does it mean to be the daughter of the King of Kings? It, again, I think it means safety. It, it means like I, wherever I need to be in life, like nothing can hinder me. Whatever I need to do in life, nothing can hinder me. The only person that can get in my way is myself. And that is when I lose sight of my identity in him. But when I come back to that place of, who I am in God, it shifts everything. It took me to the moments of, even when you read the scriptures, when they say there was a fourth man <laughs> in the fire. And it's like, they're trying to figure out who is the fourth person yeah. in the fire and they can't decipher it. Yeah. And that was the Lord right there with them. Yeah. Even before he was revealed to humanity yeah. as Lord, he was right there in the fire. And you see it throughout the scriptures. You see angels setting people free yeah. from the prisons. Yeah. You know, all these moments and you're like, the love of God 
It, it it cannot be put into words. Mm -hmm. It cannot be, it, it, you can't even quantify it. It mm -hmm. goes, mm -hmm. it is as, you know, it extends as far as eternity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so all that we get to do is live in it, yeah. to live mm -hmm. in the reality of his love. And I love it so much, Dr. Robin, because you mentioned legacy. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that God reveals his love to us through legacy yeah. because there are things that you go through in life and you don't understand why, but it was for your legacy. Yeah. There are lessons you can impart to your children, to your grandchildren. And in the moment that you went through it, you have no clue why I went through this. Mm -hmm. But it was something that the Lord knew, just like when, he, when Isaiah was saying, giving them hope mm -hmm. that, hey, the Lord is coming. Mm -hmm. But it took hundreds of years. Yeah. But he was not just speaking to the people but that you might be going through something now that your children's children, yeah. they will know the Lord. Yes. They would meet him. They would have a peace that they cannot even understand. And I think God reveals himself mm -hmm. through legacy. So when we have an eternity perspective, it gives us this embrace of his love. Mm. And all of us are hardwired apparently yeah. to long for fathered yeah. love. Mm -hmm. We want approval. Mm-hmm. I mean, just what brings tears to Dee Dee's eyes for me is that I adored my dad so much. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I want to be just like him. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what really what she's saying is that his voice in my head mm -hmm. elevates me. Yeah. Because fathers form us. If you think about it, you know, we girls, we give what? thousands of eggs, and then yeah. the man gives one, mm -hmm. and it's either a boy or a girl, that, that, that chromosome comes. A father forms us, and we, as children, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians six eighteen, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, mm -hmm. says the Lord Almighty, that that imagery, I, I, I just am so overwhelmed with we humans. We have these experiences. We're parents, we're children, we're daughters. And the Bible is wrapped in a way, talking about presence, it's wrapped in a way that we can identify with. And this earthly father, this is a gap for so many millions because they haven't had that approval. They haven't had the affirmation. They haven't had the protection. And today, what we're talking about is even in the absence of that human experience that they're still longing for. Many could be believers today that haven't really let God heal that part of their little child heart. And I think it's so important that we realize that God is truly understanding who we are and he wants to be for us in those places. Yeah. He, he loves us. He's proud of us. He adores us. And that is available today to us at Christmas time. Yeah. Something to celebrate. Healing comes by being in the presence of the Lord, being around people that love you, uh, that will allow you to walk through your journey because some days you feel good, other days that you don't. But God sees us in whole. He doesn't see us in just a season where we've been wounded. 
He sees us and He loves us. And if we allow Him to, He will take the pain of our past and He will use it to do something glorious in the future. Maybe somebody's hurt you or wounded you in a certain way. You can take that pain, you turn it around for good, and you will help somebody else not have to walk the road and feel the pain that you have felt. It's a journey every day. We push away yep. the way God wanna demonstrate mm -hmm. his love yeah. towards us, right? It's like, how does, you know, because it's easy for us to say because we've had, you know, different experiences, you know, of his manifestation of his love or whatever, we've embraced that, we've owned that, we've experienced something. But then there are others that may could be viewing now and saying, well, I've never had an encounter with God like that, or I've never seen that happen. No one ever showed up for me and God didn't visually show me. So how do they, you know, now embrace this loving God that we're talking about? It's God, it has to be embraced through others. Yeah. I mean, even the scripture, John 13 talks about how new commandment that he's given, that we love one another as he has loved us. Okay, so how has he loved us? If he's loved us this way, it's our responsibility as believers, right, to go out and to love others yeah. the same way that he has loved us. And I think that will really fill a void of yes. what so many yes. are going through because people want to be approved. Everybody wants to be affirmed. And if we can use our voice being a part of who God is, I mean, we're complete in him, right? right. He's the Godhead and he's in us. He dwells in us and we're complete in him. So that simply means that we should use our voice being a part of who he is to empower others, right? right? Being the body of Christ. Being the body. And be the right. on the ground. Really yeah. be the body of to Christ. To show people. And, you and know, we show. need the Holy Spirit right. to do yeah. that yeah. because we can't, we can't take the place of who God is. No. Mm -hmm. no. So we need God in us <laughs> to show God out of us, yes. right? And to, and to be that father to the fatherless. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here thinking of all the people who have had traumatic, horrible, mm -hmm. awful fathers and, and fathers that aren't there. And I am so proud of the daddies listening today yeah. that have showed up mm -hmm. and that have been there for their children mm -hmm. and have asked God for his help mm -hmm. to, to help them be the fathers that they should. Good on you. God bless you. God empower you to be to be more, to be to be better, to be everything that you need for your kids. And thank you for being such great dads out there. I think we show the Father and His love by loving one another. He said they will know you by by your love. And so God wants to use you. He wants to use me. And I think if we can remember that, not only now in this beautiful Christmas season, but all through the year, that God wants to show His love to the world through me. He wants to show His power through me. He wants to show people that He's real through me. And, um, and, and He can do it. He, it just, that's just being available. To, um, to Him and letting Him use your life. I think about the passage of Scripture where uh, the Scripture says, as fathers desire to give 
gifts to their children, Mm -hmm. how much more does the father Mm -hmm. desire to give to you? And you mentioned the word legacy, and you did in the beginning of the show here, and, and the legacy that we carry not from natural fathers, but from the spiritual fathers are the gifts that we share with others, are are the gift of our lives, the word of encouragement. The the natural father desires to give good gifts or good fathers do, but perhaps they had, they came from hurting backgrounds Mm -hmm. and then they, they further accented that without knowing how to become the kind of person that they needed to be. Um, So in the natural Things are not always right, but if we look to the Heavenly Father, in fact, the the, the Lord's Prayer, we started out with our Father, mm-hmm. and um, it's our, our Father together. And, and so we take and we create a legacy by giving good gifts, giving of ourselves to create a spiritual legacy mm-hmm. to the next generation. Because the Father desires, if He desires to give us better than our earthly fathers, I had a great earthly father. I don't, mm-hmm. He wasn't perfect, but He loved me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was one of His favorites, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But I think all the kids felt that way. Um, but knowing that, that my Father loved me, if I get a picture of my Heavenly Father, and for those, they don't have that. Mm-hmm. But we can be that. Uh, we can carry that legacy of the Father as we give to others. Yes, the idea of legacy is often used in terms of biological family or family of origin. And many people talk about their children as their legacy. But can I submit to you, first of all, that we not only have a family of origin, we also have a family of choice. And I believe that's the community of believers that we have an opportunity to invest ourselves in. I encourage people to realize that the people that are planted in their workplace, the persons that you are in touch with day and night, your neighborhood, they may not be a biological family, they may not be a family of origin for you, but you can adopt them. Now listen to me, you can adopt them the way that God has adopted us is what the Bible teaches and that we're all his children. And by investing in others, they don't have to be biological children. You are planting your legacy into them for eternity. Bless others with the gifts and the talents, the capacities, the skills that God's given you. And you will have a legacy for eternity. It won't be until you get to heaven that you're going to see and know all that God allowed you to be part of when you were willing to be generous with your time and your talent and your treasure for others. Yep, legacy makes life full of purpose. I encourage you, invest in someone today. Do people that don't have the good experience know what they missed out on? Do they think, man, I need a father that would have showed up. I needed a dad that would have affirmed me. I needed, so they understand. So we can all think of what I really wanted from my dad, Mm -hmm. from my dad. I needed that protection. I needed that love and all that stuff that was missing God Mm -hmm. (laughs) fills all of that Mm -hmm. up. Your idea there is that do they know? And the answer is the research says, 
They absolutely do. Yeah. The statistics yeah. are staggering mm-hmm. for absent fathers. And yes, we need to applaud those that do show up and stick around and all that. But I think it's an important thing to go back to what even Jeannie was saying, and that is that earthly fathers, even the best, mine, yeah. they make mistakes. Right. Yeah. They're just humans. Yeah. And they can hurt us. And they didn't even want to or mean to or even know they did. And I think it's so important to get the theological idea clear. And that is that, yes, God came as a baby. And yes, he's a son. And yes, there's a father. And we're all hardwired to desire and need that. So if your father was terrible or tragic, if he was all those terrible things... The point is that even the best, our earthly fathers are not the representation of God. God is the perfection of your earthly father. In other words, Mm -hmm. God perfects who that Mm -hmm. human Human was, (laughs) no matter what he did. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we recognize that there's a plan for this. And that was why Jesus, the child, back to our original verse, why he was born. And people say, well, that's such a deal. It's so so complicated. Well, I am a daughter of my daddy. Mm -hmm. I look like him. People say I'm like him. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? It's in the bloodline, my family of origin. Well, God in his mercy comes to us and says, your dad is not me. I am the perfection of who he could be. And so with that being said, you daughter, you son, you come to me through the bloodline and that is Jesus Calvary experience. And it comes together in that my family of origin bloodline. It's transformed by Jesus' blood that he spilt on that tree. So we're all what? We're all uh, possible to be all that we're meant to be through that blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where I'm really excited is I go back <laughs> to that idea, you're just, uh, the apple doesn't far from the tree. Yeah, well, the tree of Calvary is the perfect place yes. for the bloodline to be changed forever. John 16 and 33 reads in the Amplified, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But listen to this. But be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. This scripture is so amazing to me because it clues you in on you are going to go through things. You are going to have challenges. You are going to be stressed out in certain situations. But then it goes on to tell you, okay, don't trip, don't sweat it because you have overcome it because Jesus has overcome it, right? He overcame, so now you can overcome. So you don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to be tripped out. All you have to do is to know 
that he has already given you the victory in everything that you will experience. You can stream Better Together episodes on the go. Download the TBN app to watch all of our latest conversations. Where I could have ideas about dad did this or he didn't do that, I can let that go and say, you know what, that's not God. Yeah. But I'm hardwired for approval. I'm hardwired for affirmation. And today I receive that as God's daughter because he says right there, he'll be a father to the Father. And he must have thought that was really important to tell us. And I think the beauty too is like it, it's not, you know, forsaken that there was a, that God has an intention for creation. He has an intention for what a family, the the the, the family is supposed to look like, right? So even when you talk about how the husband is the head mm-hmm. of the household, mm-hmm. so the absence of the natural head it does affect right. the household. Mm-hmm. But that's where the beauty of God, just like I love what you mm-hmm. said, how intentional He was to mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. Even the scriptures would say, "If your mother and your father forsake you, mm-hmm. I, the Lord, would gather you unto myself." Yeah. So there is a language He uses because He recognizes. That does create a void naturally. But I do love even the charge, the charge that as individuals, we have the responsibility Mm -hmm. through the help of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to reveal the love of God, Mm -hmm. to be present in our society, in our community. Mm -hmm. How can we love people in a manner that they, when they feel your love, because it's through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. what they're sensing is God. Yeah. That yeah. it's not just because at the end of the day, when I think of the, the, the model home, yeah. right? It creates an environment for you. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing, environment. Mm-hmm. Because what happens, daddy issues and all of that stuff comes out of something being contaminated in the environment. Mm. So the daughter maybe doesn't understand how to be nurturing because she didn't get that from her father. Mm. So all of it is about environment. So how can we as individuals and the church and the church help to cultivate the environment for others? We have to be what he has commissioned us to be. We put that responsibility on the natural family. Like, oh, this is my daughter. This is my mother. This is my father. But it's like, who really is my mother, my father. It's like, except those that receive Jesus Christ as Lord, we are truly the body of Christ. Christ. And if we would take ownership of that to say, oh, wait, you are my responsibility. That's my son. son. Oh, this is my father. In other words, that kid that is such a trouble, that's my child. Listen, the village, the community. Absolutely. In this Christmas season, and honestly, in every season of our lives, um, we are charged by the Lord to be a reflection of His love. Um, You know, even when it's, whether it's the love of God as a Father, which is the expression of protection, of safety, of care, and so many things, but really being an expression of His love. And it's in your own way, whatever that looks like. You know, who are the people in your community that maybe feel isolated? What are the ways that you can serve those around you? It's not always about the grand things that we do. It's about the least that we do. You know, when Jesus would talk about the things we did for Him, 
he would often speak to the least of these. He, there's, there's a scripture when he says, you know, I was hungry and you fed me. I was in prison and you visited me. I was um, naked and you clothed me. And all these things, and they're asking him, Lord, when did we do this? You know, they're very confused. They're like, we have not seen you, you know, naked. Um, and Jesus is like, you know, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to unto me. And why I think that is so powerful is that when Jesus is saying, what you do for the least you do unto me, is also a reminder that how he wants to touch people, how he wants to clothe that naked person, how he wants to feed that hungry person is what he does through us. We are charged to represent the nature of God in our community. And I think too, Sometimes our greatest areas of pain become the greatest gifts that we have to help others. Uh, we're talking about fathers today, but I lost my mother when I was young. And then so then when I had children, I was raising them without the help of my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could be to now as my daughter has had her children, I can be to her things that I missed in my own life. And so the absence of of a father in the home, in the natural, that's devastating. We don't learn certain things. But but with our pain that we've experienced, we also know what we missed. And we have the ability to give that to others, which I think becomes a gift to us, not a tragedy to us. And then your legacy, because then God is also looking at the children he would entrust to you and what they would need from you. Right. Yeah. And you know, we started a, a grandmother's program in our ministry who yes. we have kids that doesn't have in a natural grandparents. Yes. And so to me, that's another layer or representation Beautiful. of Beauty. who Christ yeah. happens oh. to be. It's like legacy is love to yeah. me. It's like yeah. if you really want to leave a legacy in the earth, demonstrate the love of God. That's, that's right. And then we continue to build upon that. So So people can say, you know, well, something runs in my bloodline. You know, it runs in my family. It's because my dad was gone. I got a new bloodline. I've got Mm -hmm. a new bloodline. I'm in a new family. I'm in a new family. That's right. And the answer is... Be a part of a community. Mm-hmm. Invest in that community. Show up in that community because there are coaches and youth yeah. pastors. Yeah. There are teachers. There are all kinds of people available. And I really mean it. We've talked this week about the idea of free will and choosing and deciding. And I just want to agree with moms that their children will not be eternally impacted. They will grow healthy. They will be strong, even if they don't have their earthly father showing up right now. So I just really think that it's important that we speak as mothers and grandmothers, like you're talking about, that there is a solution. Stephanie talked about this model. And when that model or that, that template gets broken, the earthly church, the believers here on earth, they can fill in those gaps. We are here on planet earth as God's children. And you know, the best reflection of a father is often found in the children. And I have found that as I honor God with my life, as I 
become, and it's a journey, more like Jesus, and I ask him every day to help me to be that person, I am putting in front of others who I believe God is, the everlasting Father who affirms, adores, and protects his children. And when I emulate that, when I take on those attributes, that's the best way that I can turn other children of God, I can turn their attention to him. Because he loves me so much, I'm able to love others. And I am every day asking the Lord to help me be who he wants me to be. I think it's important that no matter what you think you can or cannot do, you need to do something. The body of Christ yes. needs, I need yes. every part yes. of my body That's to true. work properly, That's please. Right. <laughs> yes, of course. Mm -hmm. So if everybody in the body of Christ would just do your part, it might be little, it might be the little toe, it might be whatever, whatever, hair grow, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, we need, the body of Christ needs to function in a healthy whole, body and we all need to do mm -hmm. something yep. and we all have something to give whether we think it or not. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right now we're going to pray and together we extend our faith. Yes. Jesus, all of us around this table and across the airwaves, we together collectively speak life. We speak new beginning, especially for those who feel the sting of a fatherless experience and God, we pray healing, wholeness, and we know that Father God is our provider. Today at Christmas time, Father, we are grateful and thankful that we know that you are with us in our situation. You are with us, and we believe for more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.